The Baltimore Ravens cruised to victory on Thursday night to kick off week 11, 34-20, but there is some uh, really dire circumstances now for uh, the injuries on both sides for those teams, especially Joe Burrow and his wrist, Mark Andrews as well. Looks like he's done for the year, and we're making picks for the rest of week 11. Coming at you right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there with us. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on the NFL and use code all lowercase Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 at price picks. Matt, is the Cincinnati Bengals season over? Is that too hyperbolic right now after a 34-20 loss at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens? And your star quarterback, if you're the Bengals and Joe Burrow, now has a wrist injury that followed a calf injury that ruined the first part of the season and you're already really behind the eight ball in the AFC with any of the tiebreakers and the toughest schedule left, I think, in the NFL or one of the top toughest schedules left. There's not a single team under 500. I think they're playing the rest of the way. Uh, this does not look good for Cincinnati right now, Matt. Do they just pack it in? Yeah, I want to talk about them in a minute. But I have a small little something to get off my chest here that I don't I think isn't exactly unique. But I thought this was a poorly officiated game. You know, the the hold on, I think it was Aguilar or Bateman on the, the Zay Jones run, and then another pass interference on DJ Turner, where everyone on the planet, when you saw it a second time, didn't think it was a call, and we still have to live with it. And those are huge plays. One's like a 60-yard touchdown. The other one was a 30-some-yard defensive pass interference play. Like, okay, you threw a flag, you screwed up, and even like the announcers, Herb Street and those guys are immediately said, boy, I, I don't see it. That's not a good call. Like, isn't there some way we can just overturn an obvious bad call no matter what it is? I mean, that's making me crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, come everything's on. Gotta I mean, be, everything's got to get opened up to a eye in the sky an, or something. An eye in know? the sky instant review that at any moment you hit the buzzer. Yes. We're going to fix this. We've been saying that for years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know they're worried about, you know, dragging the games on too long, but shouldn't you get a 60-yard touchdown right? Isn't that more important than three minutes of viewing time? You know, it'll help. It'll actually make it. It'll help. I think in a lot of ways because it'll be instantaneous. It'll be, I hit the buzzer, and we're going to look at this real quick and get it right. And you're not going to walk 60 yards down the field. You're going to stay where you were, and you're going to snap the next play and it's going to take yep. not very much time at all and if and if you can't see it immediately with the eye in the sky the next play is going to happen and then you're off so the other thing i've been harping on and i'm not smart enough to figure it out and maybe it's not feasible but i think it's the fact that they play these thursday night games really tells me they aren't all that concerned with player safety no matter what they say especially for the road team and that's not why the Bengals lost or anything of that sort but at a minimum 
These games should never be a division game. You know, I mean, they're too important, division games. They really shouldn't even be a conference game. But I can live with a conference game here and there. I can't live with division games. I mean, they're just too important. They basically count double. And I mean, and again, can't you install some system where there's two buys per week and nobody has a three-day week if you're truly, you know, into player safety? And Burrow, Lamar, Andrews, all these guys could have got hurt on a Sunday, Monday, whatever. I mean, but it just happens all the time. And the product is clearly inferior. And, and when, you know, even if you so let's say you only still had one buy per season and it mm-hmm. came before the Thursday nighter. So you didn't get the full, full time that you would rest up to the next Sunday game. Yeah. But then you get a long break after. Right. Don't you think if you polled players, teams, coaches, Medical staffs, don't you think they would rather have not a true full buy? Yeah. And two mini buys back to back where you have, uh, you know, 10 days before the Thursday nighter and then the long, you know, mini buy after that again versus the, the full true buy and then playing a game like a Thursday nighter. Um, and I think the viewers would like it more to be because I, I have questions whether or not it's a good enough pros- product to even have Thursday nighters at all. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point, too. And I do think it leads to more injuries and lesser product. And the way team really doesn't practice for these games. They don't get they get zero practices. And I know that's what the logic is. Well, that's why we make division games, because we know the opponents so well, you don't need as much practice. I'm like, No, it needs more. I mean, like, I'd rather if you're not, not going to put your best game out, you'd rather lose to an NFC team if you're an AFC North team than, mm-hmm. you know, a crucial game in the division. So. Leading up to this game, as you can imagine, I previewed this a ton, AFC North weekend, you know, this has a lot to do with the Steelers' fate, et cetera, et cetera. But studying the Bengals, not even their style of play or, you know, how they're playing, I thought if they lost this game, they probably were not a playoff team. And I've said the same thing about the Bills, just because all the tiebreakers are against them. I mean, this makes them 0-3 in the North. Everyone else has at least two wins. This makes them, I think, five or six AFC losses. So every wild card tiebreaker you're going to lose. I think they're two and five in the AFC now. Two and five. Okay. Yeah. And and then, like the Bills, they have the two hardest schedules in the league. So I thought with Burrow, with Higgins returning, with everybody at full strength, losing this game made you a very very long shot for the playoffs. Now, I mean, if you're going to if your quarterback's not there, forget about it. I mean, even no one more game. Yeah, yeah. And so at this point, and I don't know if his calf is even 100%, but at this no, point... Do you see no, on the sideline, they have this like crazy thing that he puts on when he comes off to the sideline <laughs> on his calf? Yeah. yeah, and it turns out there was something to those uh, those pictures that showed some sort of a, a wrist brace or something throughout the week. And I thought maybe, ah, these people are crazy conspiracy theorists. And uh, he wasn't on the injury report, which now... Say, that's a little fishy too, by the way. Is a, I don't know what, what how that helps you if you can't throw a football you're not going to roll your quarterback out there. So what's the point of not putting him on the injury report? Um, but it's it's all bad, and there's zero chance whether or not he misses the rest of the year or or however many weeks it is, there's no way you put Joe Burrow back on the field this year unless he is 100% wrist, calf, everything. And then maybe you get a couple games in at the end of the year, and you uh, you press reset you start year, yeah. in, in 2024. The, it is a lost season right now, it's looking like, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So their next game is Steelers. Oh, yeah, yeah. They come, they host the Steelers. So, and then they go to Jacksonville. Two AFC games. I mean, you lose either one of them, I think they're out-out. And I can't imagine he plays Not even like you're on the brink. You're over the brink, and it's mathematically elimination time. 
nearly. Yep, yep, yep. So I think it's a lost season for Cincinnati. Maybe Buffalo as well. The Andrews injury is massive, of course, but Baltimore's in good shape. You know, what I mean, they're considering you know what their situations in good shape. You have Isaiah Likely, who's a, a nice mm-hmm. young player that you know can step in. He's not going to be Mark Andrews, but uh, it doesn't ruin your season if if Mark Andrews is indeed out for the year uh, after after his injury on Thursday night. Uh, a more concerning would be Lamar Jackson's ankle. He said yeah. after the game, "Stop asking me about it. It's fine." Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but he gets a mini buy here fine. to, to um, you know, and, and legs are a big part of of how he plays. But they're running the football without him running it just fine the last few weeks and uh, making plays in the passing game, too. So uh, Ravens rolling right now, looking like they're yeah. in great shape. I thought the Bengals had turned the corner, but the last couple of weeks really puts them in an awful spot now and, and nearly impossible spot for the Bengals. Uh, any other thoughts on the actual game here before we uh, we move along to the rest of our week 11 picks, man? Um, it kind of is a, an Andrews subset here, you know, that likely is a good player. Uh, this Mitchell dude's another weapon they can use in the passing game or as a change of pace. It looks like Odell's starting to get his legs under him. Bateman's making plays here and there. And so they have pass catchers. I mean, and they're, they're a good team. They're a contender. They're the best team in the North. I almost forgot Nelson Aguilar was on the Ravens, to be honest. Yeah. With you. <laughs> because, and he's, you know, he's made some plays this year, but, you know, hasn't been a big part of their offense. And, um, but yeah, having Odell out there making plays, seven targets, four of those catches, 116 there, obviously the 51 yarder, the touchdown, uh, 10 yard touchdown strike to Rashad Bateman in this one, the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar with the front flip. He didn't quite land the full front flip, no. um, but still got some athleticism there. His making his one target count in that game. So they, they, they do have some, some weapons to throw the ball. And look, if, if Odell's going to start playing like that and, you have Isaiah Likely and you have Keaton Mitchell kind of out of nowhere as being a change of pace, you know, really uh, athletic back out of the backfield. And, and Gus Edwards is just, you know, two touchdowns a game at this point. Um, so you, you're going to be fine if you're the Baltimore Ravens, but you, you have to have a healthy Lamar Jackson in December. We haven't seen that in three years. Yeah. And the mini buy is big for them, too. You know, so they're in good, they're in real good shape. They're, you know, in charge of the North and uh, are almost you know, obviously a playoff team. Speaking of the North, we've got Browns Steelers coming up in week 11. We're going to make our picks there and uh, some quick previews for the rest of NFL week 11 schedule. And uh, I got a couple notes about these, this Steelers team and where they're at right now and, uh, uh-huh. and, and, and how their how their season could look in comparison to a team like the Cincinnati Bengals in that division. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by prize picks, daily fantasy made easy prize picks is the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy sports this football season and while you're having all that fun how about making 25 times your money potentially as well and it could not be simpler all you do is you select two or more players of prize picks and you pick more or less on their projected stats for that game and turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks if you hit them all so with basketball season here as well, an extra special combo projection offer now from Prize Picks as well. It's a lot of fun. So across football and basketball from the specials league at Prize Picks, there's a league created specifically for combo projections that include both one player from NFL and one player from the NBA. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, 10.5 combo of three points made and receptions. So have tons of fun playing Prize Picks, make some money along the way as well, and a special offer for our listeners. 
Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get going through the rest of this schedule. We made our six-pack of favorite picks on yesterday's show, so you can go back and get our uh, our previews and our our reasonings for picking. Uh, these were my picks, at least, and I think we had a lot of agreement yesterday. I picked the 49ers over the Bucks against the spread, obviously, um, mm-hmm. in, in some of these games. Not obviously for the 49ers games. It's 11.5 spread, a lot of big spreads that we went through yesterday. Bears and Lions, I got Bears taking nine points there. Uh, taking the Bills, giving up seven points. Dolphins, 12 and a half, giving that up against the Raiders. That deflates, I think, a little bit uh, for the Raiders. And then Cowboys, Panthers. Cowboys uh, giving up 10 points on the road, but still taking those Cowboys against the one-win Panthers right now. Uh, which brings us to the Steelers and Browns today, Matt. We're making the pick here. And Cleveland is favored at home by one and a half points, starting rookie quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson against the six and three Steelers. So we got the six and three Steelers at the six and three Browns. And how about the Steelers? They get uh, an injured quarterback coming to town in, in Deshaun Watson. So they get rookie DTR. And then next week, they're probably going to get Browning and no Joe Burrow. I mean, this yeah. season, it's like the, the sky's open and the gods said, Steelers, guess what? You're going to be a playoff team this year, despite what some people think about where you're at roster wise. Yeah. I mean, they're, Every game this year, they have lost the yardage battle, and they're six and three. You know, I mean, there's some crazy stuff going on. They lead the league in turnover differential. They win in the margins. So here's my favorite stat from this game: is the Steelers' opponents have played 75 more plays than the Steelers, which is like well more than a normal game. I mean, that's really bad. It's near the bottom of the league. But to put that in context, the Browns have pay have played. 166 more plays than their opponents. That's like two and a half more games. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, they play, they had 25 more snaps than the Ravens last week. I mean, you wonder, how do you pull out that crazy win against the Ravens? I've been saying all week, they're just a boxer that body blows you for 15 rounds. And in this, you know, 13, 14th round, you can hardly even stand up anymore, but they, they're not a knockout puncher. They just beat your ribs to death and your gut, you know, and that they're a tough physical team. Their defense, I think, is the best in the league and clearly the best unit here. This game opened at four, but I think the Steelers win. I mean, this is going to be a race to maybe 12 points. I mean, this is going to be ugly as could be. That's exactly how both these teams want to play physical run the ball lots of punts probably some big plays by Garrett and Watt and Hayward and those guys as well but the big trend that worries me most from a Browns perspective is it doesn't matter who their quarterback has been they turn the ball over a ton and the Steelers are feasting on turnovers and I don't think in a game like this you can lose a turnover battle it's wild because there might be the fewest snaps in the league this year for the Steelers, right? <laughs> or for the yeah. Browns too, when you combine both these teams. And nice. um, uh, yet, it, if Kenny Pickett doesn't throw an interception, there's a good chance that DTR does or fumbles or something happens to where yeah. that thing skews in the, in the Steelers' favor. By the way, 32 and a half, that's got to be easily the lowest over-under for any game this season, right? It has to. I, I I don't know that for sure, but I'm sure it keeps coming down. The line started four, and it keeps coming down. You know, since the Watson news. Is it as simple as ugliness, 
low scoring. It's only one and a half right now. Looking at our uh, FanDuel spread, um, just take whatever point you can get here. One and a half points. You're, you're taking the Steelers on the road against the Browns. Yeah, it didn't hold up last night, but there is a massive AFC North head-to-head trend that you just take the points because it's hitting at like 70% clip. When your star quarterback doesn't get hurt, has probably something to do with it as well. Yeah, and there's no star quarterback to get hurt on either one of these teams. No. (laughs) My buddy sent me a text last night. He's like, are we like a minute away from Kenny Pickett being the best quarterback of the division? And he's horrible. Like if Lamar's hobbled, like what is going on here? Things are just falling their way right now. Or one really good uh DTR performance for the rookie, you know, uh he's saying, a guy. Oh, I'm I'm actually fun and we can win games and we can put up points as long as he's not turning the ball over. He can create with his legs. Yeah. Can he get the ball out to his his playmakers? Can they run the ball a little bit? Uh I, I'm fascinated to see what this game looks like because pretty big implications here in that division with uh, one of the teams after this is gonna be seven to three. So one more staff where I won't harp on the Steelers too much, but this is exactly who they are. Pickett has played in 22 games. They're two and six in a game that he's thrown an interception. You're like, one interception should not, they're up, yeah, we can't win this one. You know, you're two and six if he throws at least an interception. 11 and three when he doesn't. I mean, like, that's who this team is. Just don't turn the ball over, be in it at the end. Browns are four and one at home. They play really good defense. If they do, if Dorian Thompson Robinson is just average, the Browns could still make a run and be pretty good. They this could. Year. Their D is awesome. It's a big if, though. We don't know. He's a rookie quarterback. That That's going to be a roller coaster ride, most likely. But he's a talented guy. And uh, seeing what he did in the preseason got me excited. His one opportunity so far in the regular season was not good. Let's, see, was if really can, bad, uh, yeah. let's see if we can turn that around. It, it, Steelers might not be the best defense to go up against to try to turn that around either. And they're missing both their starting offensive tackles as well. That's not good in this matchup. I mean, it's, it's going to be a slog. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Chargers and Packers. And are we officially on Joe Staley fire watch? We were asked earlier this week during our uh, during our, our mailbag episode, Matt. What you know? What what are the hot seat rankings basically? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Joe Staley for both of us is is easily the number one. Just kind of a, a team that's felt like it's underachieved for multiple seasons now. The Chargers are under five hundred uh, at four and five. They're on the verge of being last behind both the Raiders and the Broncos. In the AFC West, if they lose this week, depending on what happens with those other teams. So um, the four and five Chargers, they feel like they're one. I feel like they're one big loss away from maybe a a shakeup and potentially a a fired coach. But luckily for them, they're going against the three and six Packers who are who are not going great right now. And they are favored by three points on the road at the three and six Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I don't love going against the home dog, but I do think the Chargers are the better team. I think Love played a pretty good game last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, he's coming off a pretty decent performance, but I don't trust this offense or passing game at all. I don't trust either one of these teams at all. This is another one of those games I'd love to bet against both, which makes me think I should take the points, but I'm going to fall for the the Chargers, you know, allure of all the talent, blah, 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 and say they win this one on the road. But, boy, I don't feel good about that at all. And much like we talked about with the Bengals, you know, you lose here if you're the Chargers and you can kiss that. Forget about it. You know, uh, you know, it's not an AFC opponent, but um, AFC is tough right now. And if you're below 500, you you got no shot, especially if you don't have a chance to win your division, which the Chargers, like I said, they lose this. You're going to be last in the AFC West. um, Hmm. Potentially. 
Uh, I, yeah, I got to take the points because I don't know what to trust about either one of these teams right now. Green Bay is not the easiest place to play. Uh, you know, it could be cold, bad weather type of thing. Uh, give me give me points here, home dog points. Uh, that's just what my spidey senses tell me about this type of football game. But, you know, the Chargers obviously could win this game. The Packers are just as talented top to bottom. It's just, you know, a question about how they're going to play with, at their quarterback position, their passing game with the Packers. And passing game might not be the factor in this game if the weather's bad, which does not help the Chargers. No, I, I, I do. I trust the Chargers to go to Green Bay and win a road game. Not at all, but I do think Herbert versus Love is enough for me to lay the points. But again, I don't like this game at all. All right, we're gonna go through the rest of the Week Eleven schedule, making our picks next. Today's episode of Peacock Williamson is brought to you by DoorDash. It's time to pull out your Lucky Charm jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because it's football season. It is almost NFL Sunday or Monday night, and it's time to root for your team on a full stomach, not an empty stomach. So order DoorDash, save on all your football watch party favorites, whether you just want your wings, burgers, pizza, soda in front of your face while you're watching the game, whether it's halftime, two-minute warning, whatever ordering time is for you when you're watching NFL football, get it delivered straight to your door without missing any of the game with DoorDash. Or how about just fixing up your own spread, right? You having people over DoorDash grocery delivery as well can help you with that football watch party. If you are bold enough to, to be cooking up yourself this Sunday or Monday night, get 50% off up to $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked 23, don't forget, use our code locked 23 for 50% off up to $10 value with your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change terms apply DoorDash. All right, here we go. Let's uh let's rapid fire through the rest of the week and make our picks here for a pretty interesting schedule of games. Mm-hmm. How about the New York Giants at the Washington Commanders and um this is a game that uh, a four and six team usually doesn't have a line where they're favored eight and a half points in week 11, but that's what we have right now with the Sam Howell led Washington commanders against one of the worst disasters in the league this year. And the New York giants who are coming in on the road at two and eight, a division opponent. Is that enough with some familiarity to keep this one close? Or are we just going to see giants blow out losses the rest of the way this year with no Daniel Jones? I don't envy the folks in Vegas have to make Giants lines. I I don't know where you even start against even a mediocre to below average team like this, because I don't think eight and a half is nearly enough. I mean, this is a embarrassing team on both sides of the ball. I I think they lose by double digits to like everybody in the league, not named Carolina right now. Titans Jaguars, the three and six Titans are on the road at the six and three Jaguars. Jaguars coming off a bye last week, got thumped by the 49ers, which is usually an indication they're going to come in angry and uh, have a lot of, um, you know, tough conversations this week while they're watching film. And and those guys don't want to see that again on film in front of the rest of the team, right? Uh, Jags are favored for a reason by a touchdown here. Seven points. Will Levis had a, you know, after his hot start, a little bit of a rough one last week. Three and six Titans at six and three Jaguars. Are you giving up seven? Are you giving up a touchdown for the Jacksonville Jaguars at home in week 11? Now? I think people are a little bit overreacting to the Jags getting beat bad by a very, very good Niners team. I mean, they won four or five in a row coming into that game and things were going really well. But I think Vrabel keeps this thing close. I mean, division game, seven points. I don't think the Jags O line's all that good. 
Um, a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of running the football. Uh, I think this is a close, low-scoring game. Division, I'll take the points. Yeah, when you see an over-under that's on the low side, under 40, mm-hmm. 39 and a half, and you get seven division opponents, that usually tells tells me to take the points. Um, I just don't like that they're on the road. Uh, you make a great point about Jags' offensive line. That's tough, and Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. hasn't had an opportunity. He's a good deep ball thrower to to really uncork those. Everything's kind of short and confined for them. Um, Bravel will have his team coached up and playing hard. Uh, I just don't know if they have the uh, the firepower there, so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna give up the seven and take the Jacksonville Jaguars, right. even though okay. I think logic tells me to take the points. Okay, I like I, it. I don't I mean, love where Tennessee's at either. They're a line just the chaotic up and down nature of the NFL. I think it's just one of those where you get thumped one week and then you come back and you beat it and beat somebody bad in your division. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the Jaguars are fine. Never mind. Yeah, that very well could be true. I thought they were fine, you know, one week ago. Right. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at two and eight. Kyler Murray's back and brought the the Cardinals a win last week playing against CJ Stroud, who not only rookie of the year conversation, Matt, we're talking about come. He's, he's getting close to 3000 yards already. Uh, probably won't hit that this week, but uh, he could. He's 26, 26 right now. So, yeah, he's, uh, no, wow. you know, uh, he, it would be a, a performance to get the 3000 passing yards, 15 touchdowns of two interceptions for a rookie. He's doing things we, you don't see maybe ever from rookie quarterbacks right now in, in a, with a rebuilding team in Houston. They're at home and he's in the MVP conversation, not just offensive rookie of the year conversation is CJ Stroud. Favored by five and a half, the Houston Texans right now over those visiting Arizona Cardinals. Who you got? Yeah, and what's funny about the MVP conversation is people keep dropping like flies. I mean, it's not Allen. It's not Burrow. I don't know. Lamar's in that driver's seat. I bet the winner of the Monday night game will start to get a lot of of traction. But Shroud should be mentioned at least, which is a massive honor for a rookie. This is maybe my favorite bet of the week. But I love the over. I think the Arizona offense is legit now, and I know the Texans offense is very legit. I think this is a barn burner. Start all your fantasy dudes. But I'll lay the points. I think the Texans win this thing in the end by at least a touchdown. Yeah, with the, you know getting a little bit more comfortable, Kyler Murray after a long absence. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Wilson, the rookie, is doing things. Rondell Moore got a bunch of targets all of a sudden. Uh, James Conner's back as well at running back. They've got a good offensive line to the Cardinals, so the offense is – it's probably going to be fine. Pretty good, yeah. For Arizona, you know, maybe not quite, you know, uh, difference-making powerhouse receivers on the outside, but um, McBride at tight end as well. So I like They're your okay. bet. I like the over. Uh, you, you talked me into it. Uh, as far as, and I think I might take the points here just because I don't necessarily trust the Texans to be blowing teams out left and right, mm-hmm. um, but they should be able to put up some points on that Cardinals defense. So this might be fun, just a popcorn game, just to see if uh, – if C.J. Stroud and Kyler Murray light up the scoreboard. I kind of think they will. It's just fun. The Seattle Seahawks are in the division at the Los Angeles Rams. Six and three Seahawks at the three and six Rams. Seattle favored by one point on the road. So in your rock, paper, scissor division, the Rams beat the Seahawks, right? I think that's the trend. Yes, the uh, the Seahawks have owned the 49ers over the course of you yeah. know decade plus now. Although in recent history, the 49ers have, have beaten up on the on the Seahawks multiple times last year and uh, about to face them a couple times in three weeks coming up next week. Um, and, yeah, the Rams have the Seahawks number. The 49ers and, and Shanahan is, has beaten McVay almost every time except for the one that mattered yeah. the most in the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, that's kind of how it goes in this division. But I, I, I think this might be one that's Seahawks travel 
decent. They, they have got a lot of fans. L.A. is just one of those places where the home field advantage isn't quite what it is in, in some other places. Uh, the Rams have so few playmakers, but they've got some really good ones, and having Stafford back is so huge here. So this one's good for your fantasy team, but I do have to take the Seahawks, and I'll give up that one point on the road. Okay. I, I like the Rams um, mostly because of Stafford. I do think they're the rock where Seahawks are the scissors, and I don't really care about the home thing, you know, because I don't think they do have much of a home advantage. I'm sure there'd be tons of Seahawks there. I just like the chance. I just like McVay with two weeks to prepare with a healthy star quarterback against an opponent he knows very, very well. Yes. How about this? If you want to see the most points scored on Sunday, tune in early game Cardinals at Texans, late game Seahawks at Rams. I can see that. Yeah. Like I'm not hesitating to start Stafford in my fantasy league. What do you think about Joshua Dobbs this week? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are at the Denver Broncos. The six and four, four Vikings don't. I mean, look out for the Vikings right now at six and four. Can they keep it up? I still have my doubts. The Broncos are playing the best ball we've seen in a couple of years from them. Suddenly, four and five might not be the worst team in the conference. Might not be the worst team in the division. And the Broncos are favored at home by two and a half, Matt. I like what Denver's doing. They're running the football. They're showing that they are a quality coach. They might be getting what they paid for with Sean Payton. Tough place to play, of course, the altitude, all that stuff. I'll take the points, though. I think the Vikings are the better team than Denver, even though I said some good things about the Broncos. Well, they are a five-game winning streak in Minnesota, and I think Justin Jefferson returns for this one. Jefferson versus Sertain. That's as good as it gets, but I'll take points in this game. I think it's an even matchup. The Vikings... We're one and four with Jefferson and five and zero oh without him. So maybe he should <laughs> to wait trade him. <laughs> uh, I, I just I'm taking points here in this one because mm-hmm. just this I just I don't know what these two teams. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't think the Vikings are are very good still, um, but they're a well coached team. The way that Russell Wilson is playing right now, he's finally kind of gotten broken down and coached into a different player than he ever was. It's like kind of. First read, ball coming out quick. It's not that I'm going to escape out the yeah. back way, throw these moon ball bombs. And it's kind of working. Yeah, and it's working. And so I think, you know, Sean Payton kind of getting through to them. And they're obviously playing better ball. I just still don't think they're a very good team. And I'm not going to, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to, uh, I'm always going to, I mean, I'm going to take points if there's a decent team coming to play them. So yeah, give me points here all day. Me too. I feel pretty good about the points, but that's going to be uh, fun game. It's a sun, Sunday nighter is a little more fun than I originally thought. Yeah, Sunday nighter. Uh, and then the Monday nighter, which is a lot of fun to cap off the week. Can't wait for this one. It's the Philadelphia Eagles at 8-1. and one. They're on the road at the 7-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, there's some really fun schedule for some of these best teams coming down the, the stretch here of the 2023 season. And uh, the Eagles are one of them. Uh, the Chiefs, man, have a nice little lead there. And we're, ta- we're talking about MVP earlier. And Mahomes, with what he has at receiver, and, and the Chiefs are going to yeah. end up in the one seed, and he's just going to roll to an MVP, isn't he? Probably, <laughs> you know, this is, if not, it might be hurts, you know, that they might have what one loss, you know, I mean, whoever wins this one's probably mm-hmm. the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. I'm still worried about the chiefs offense though. I, I mean, I, I think the teams are even more than ever, just going to dedicate insane resources to taking away Kelsey. And I don't know if the other guys can hurt you enough to keep up with a team like the Eagles, but I really like the chiefs D I'm going to take the points here. Is it two and a half? Is that what I saw last? Uh, yeah, home Chiefs favored by two and a half. Yeah, I, I don't know who wins, but I'll take the points. I think, you know, the bye is good for Philly as well. Uh, and both these teams coming off a bye. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, so correct. extra yeah. long rest for both these teams. A bye plus a Monday nighter. At post-bye, 
Rookie receiver Rasheed Rice. Look out for Rasheed Rice. I yep, think yep, yep. that's the emerging guy for the the Chiefs down the stretch. Just got a hunch right. there. So uh, in your daily fantasy leagues, or if he's still in the waiver wire in your leagues, Rasheed Rice. Look out for him uh, with Patrick Mahomes coming off of a bye. I like the Chiefs. I like him at home. I think this is nearly a uh, pick them game. And then when you get three point bump for your home team, traditionally uh, two and a half, not that. So give me Kansas city. I'm going to give up the points at home Eagles. I need to see a, a complete game here. Uh, mm-hmm. They've had the type of schedule where they're able to hang around in the first half and then just lean on teams and go win it in the second half. I don't know if they can do that against the Kansas city chiefs. And so it, I'm very interested to see how this one goes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to take the Chiefs here and both these teams coming out eight and two after 11 weeks. I hear you. I mean, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead. You know, I mean, but I just think two and a half is a little bit tight. That is week 11. Those are our picks. Let us know what you think at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get those mailbag questions in for us next week as you're watching football or you can wait to Wednesday before you do that as well. In the YouTube comments, make sure you're subscribed there on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Matt and I back post week 11 to break it all down right here. Peacock and Williamson.